0: Ephesians chapter 6 Our text for this morning is found there in verse 17 And take the helmet of salvation That's our text And take the helmet of salvation It's pointed out in our previous studies of God's armor each of the parts of the armor point us to the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul began regarding this armor by saying having your loins girt about with truth for the Lord Jesus is the truth. John 14 and verse 6 Then Paul goes on to say, having on the breastplate of righteousness. Well, Christ is our righteousness. Jeremiah 33 and verse 16. Then Paul says, Your feet shawl with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Well, again, Christ is the gospel. And all who receive him through the ministry of the gospel, hearing the gospel they have peace then the peace of God which passes all understanding that's why Paul said I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto everyone that believeth and then Paul says taking the shield of faith and of course we know and it's only through faith in Christ that we can know salvation Colossians 1 and verse 4 now we come to the helmet of salvation find it most interesting that this helmet of salvation is mentioned here helmet of salvation we know neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved it's interesting to know the helmet of salvation is the fifth piece in the armor we'll point out there are seven pieces in the armor seven in Bible numbers is the number of completion. So we have the complete armor that Paul speaks about here. And here we have the helmet of salvation and that's number five. Now that's no coincidence. Five in Bible numbers is the number of grace grace and what do we read about salvation, what are we told about salvation for by grace are you saved and so it it is through grace that we have salvation it is a wonderful thing to look at these particular details that we find in God's word you might easily just read over them and not think but here the helmet of salvation is the fifth piece of the armor and regarding salvation we're saved by grace so why did Paul speak about the soldier's helmet as being the helmet of salvation Well, that's what we want to consider with the Lord's help this morning. The helmet of salvation, my subject for this morning, is having peace of mind. And many in this world today would love to have peace of mind. Many today are tormented for one reason or another they don't have peace of mind why? because they don't have Christ they don't have peace of mind because they don't have God's salvation so we want to look at this helmet of salvation that gives peace of mind one first of all to consider regarding this helmet of salvation we see it first of all (coughs) As the Savior's gift. Salvation is a gift. And so when we look at the helmet of salvation, we see it as a gift. And once again, there's a word here that is in keeping with the helmet of salvation as a gift. you see there the word take Paul said take the helmet of salvation (coughs) now in the previous verse we have the word take above all taking (coughs) the shield of faith. but the word take in verse 17 is a different word than the word taking in verse 16 now the word take in verse 16 above all taking the shield of fear that word means to lay hold of something and so Paul is saying above all lay hold of the shield of fear Now when we come to verse 17 Paul uses a different word and take the helmet of salvation that word means to accept from the hand of another as you would accept a gift so you can see quite a different word And what we have in verse 16. But doesn't it show us the inspiration of Scripture? How one word can say so much? Here we have Paul in verse 17 speaking about salvation. And salvation how did we receive salvation? We received it as a gift. We were offered eternal life and salvation through the gospel and we received that. We took it as a gift from the Lord. Very different from laying hold on the shield of faith. And so here we see then The word take in verse 17 means to accept from the hand of another. And that hand, of course, was the hand of Christ. That then speaks to us, first of all, of the presentation. A presentation. That is, the helmet of salvation was presented to us. Given to us as a gift given to all the soldiers in the Lord's army given to us as a gift and is presented as a free gift comes from the hand of Christ Romans 6 verse twenty three, well known familiar words for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift. And doesn't it show us, again, the inspiration of Scripture, that that word take should be used there in verse 17 in connection with the helmet of salvation. Because salvation was given to us as a gift it means as we've already said to receive from the hand of another and we receive salvation from the hand of another we receive salvation from the hand of Christ and it was a nail pierced hand that presented to us salvation salvation So we have the presentation take, receive as a gift the helmet of salvation as well as the presentation we have the price the price now of course whenever someone gives us a gift we would never dream of asking them how much did that cost you? we wouldn't ask them about the price of the gift we just receive it but regarding this gift of salvation we do know something about the price of it we do know something here is one gift that we are very much aware at least to a a certain extent (coughs) the price of this gift The heaven of salvation was not bought silver or gold but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot without blemish there was the price that was the price of our salvation precious blood of Christ the blood of Emmanuel shed there on that center tree at Calvary. and that which was bought at such a great price is very valuable and it is very precious. Paul says in First Thessalonians, 5 and there in verse 8 But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet the hope of salvation, but that's what we have, isn't it? When you have salvation, you have hope. No, we're not talking about a hope so salvation. How often have you said to someone, Are you prepared for heaven? If you were to die tomorrow, would you be in heaven? What do they say? Well, I hope so. Oh, dear me, no. You can't depend on where you'll be in eternity based on a hope so no the helmet of salvation it is the hope of salvation it's a genuine hope that one day we'll be in glory with Christ that is our hope and it's not a hope so it is a hope that is based on truth and as a hope that's based on Christ, and as a hope that's based on the finished work of our dear Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you think of that person who doesn't have salvation. And Paul here spoke about the hope of salvation. What are those who don't have salvation? And there's no hope. They are without God and without hope without hope in the world. And we can add without hope in the world to come. It's important to know God's salvation. And when the gospel is preached the Lord offers it as a free gift It's paid for. And you've only taken by faith to receive that gift from the hand of another. And the hand is the hand of Christ. It's a free gift. And those who have salvation, they have hope for eternity. Those who do not have salvation, have no hope, none of ever being in heaven the Lord said there's only one way I am the way the truth, the light no man (coughs) no man no, no exception no man cometh unto the Father but by me Christ is the one who's given hope because Christ has given us the gift of salvation. The breastplate of righteousness we point pointed out protects the heart. The helmet of salvation Well, the helmet as you would know, protects the head. For the soldier going into war, <coughs> is the helmet on to protect his head. But for the Christian in the Lord's army, we take the helmet of salvation to protect the mind. The mind. While the soldier in war, wears a, a helmet to protect his head against flying bullets and so forth. Well, the Christian wears the helmet of salvation to protect the mind against the wiles of the devil and the fairy darts of the wicked. The fairy darts of the wicked. And I tell you, the devil Uses such fiery darts to trouble, pollute, corrupt, disturb the mind of the Christian. That's why Paul said put on the whole armor of God. You can't afford to leave any one part of the armor off. And certainly that means the helmet want to protect the mind against the fiery darts of the wicked notice the presentation it's a gift we've considered something of the price what it costs what salvation costs The Lord Jesus, it cost him his own precious blood. That brings us into the purpose. We already touched on that. Like the other parts of the armor, the helmet of salvation is for protection. And that which needs protection is the mind of the Christian and perhaps the devil, Satan the wicked one perhaps he attacks the mind of the Christian more than anything else he uses the fairy darts and aims them at the mind of the Christian Well, or Peter said First Peter 1 verse 13 wherefore gird up the loins of your mind so we see there that Peter was very aware of the need to guard the mind <coughs> against the fairy darts of the wicked Second Corinthians. There we read in chapter 11. 2 Corinthians 11. Verse 3. Paul says, But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve, Through his subtlety. So your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. From away from the simplicity that is in Christ. As the the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your minds should be corrupted Paul was very aware of that then that sin attacks the mind of the Christian and I'm sure every believer here this morning knows that you've experienced that how he attacks the mind We should have on the helmet of salvation. Paul says there in that verse we just read. In 2nd Corinthians. He was addressing believers remember. Addressing believers. He warns lest their minds should be corrupted. Yes the blood of Christ. In the work of salvation. Cleansed us from all past careers. Corruptions. Yes, but that doesn't mean that sin has given up. That sin has given up seeking to corrupt our minds again. We've known God's salvation. The blood has washed us. Made us acceptable in God's sight. Cleansed our ways, cleansed our hearts, <coughs> cleanse our minds, but the devil will be back again. And they'll seek to pollute the mind of the Christian with these fiery darts. Romans 7 turn there to Romans chapter 7 here of course Paul is speaking Romans 7 and verse 23 <coughs> But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind talking about the mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members of course all, all of us know no such a thing as sinless perfection this side of glory and Paul here, deals with that Paul says but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members so Paul is very aware of the need to guard the mind to guard the mind (coughs) against those fiery darts of the wicked to poison the mind that's the devil's business poison the mind of the Christian so we have considered regarding the helmet of salvation the saviour's gift is given it to us. He's paid the price. Not only do we have the Savior's gift, but we have Satan's gold. Satan's gold. For Satan, his goal is the mind of the Christian. Satan, after salvation, cannot touch the soul of the believer the soul is safe and secure so what's the next thing Satan can do no he can get the soul of the Christian but he can attack the mind hence the need for the helmet of salvation What did Paul say in Philippians 2 and verse 5? He said, Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Think of that. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying we're to strive after having the mind of Christ. You think how pure his mind was and is. That's the mind we're to strive after. But then Satan has his fairy darts to destroy that which we strive after instead of having the mind of Christ if Satan's fairy darts (coughs) penetrate the mind instead instead of having a pure mind like Christ we'll have a polluted mind a corrupt mind we need the helmet of salvation Satan first of all seeks to defile the mind that's his goal to defile the mind from the moment we experience God's salvation not only was our soul saved but our hearts and minds were purified washed in the blood. That was the great change that was wrought in us through the great work of salvation. You noted the change immediately. The things that you used to love you didn't love them anymore I used to be all into rock music I'm certainly dating myself when I said Elvis Presley was my hero I had my room filled with records as they were then see when I got sealed got rid of them all rock music didn't appeal to me anymore. Why? Because through salvation I've become a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things were passed away and behold all things became new. Instead of rock music my love then was for the Psalms. And for heavens. Old things have passed away. Ah, but Satan uses his fairy darts to bring those old things back again. Into our minds. So our minds have been Renewed. All things are passed away. The whole, all things have become new, new. But Satan wants to destroy that in our mind. Our minds have been renewed. We no longer live for the world. The old things that we used to love, now we hate. That's what Paul has said. Romans 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. Satan wants that. That's his plan, that's his purpose. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God Romans 12 and 2 and having on the helmet of salvation is living the new life that we have in Christ and living the new life that we have in Christ we don't want to go back to the old life no sir don't want to go back to the old ways the old conversations those things that corrupted the mind defiled the mind but that's where Satan wants to take us Paul said in Romans 8 verse 7 because the carnal mind is enmity. Against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Cardinal mind. The cardinal mind is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Corrupt mind is no interest in doing the will of God no you need to have the mind of Christ we know of course how this dear saviour fulfilled all the will of God his heavenly father we have a carnal mind we have no desire to do the will of God that of course is what Satan is all about with the fiery darts so let us take Paul said the helmet of salvation taking the helmet of salvation protecting the mind against the fiery darts of Satan but have a desire to do the will of God to obey him and all that he commands us to do so sin not only seeks to defile the mind he also seeks to disturb the mind sin has many darts that fall into that category to disturb the mind to trouble the mind we've all been there to disturb the mind he will try anything to disturb the mind and the peace of the Christian he's good at resurrecting past sins isn't he he likes to bring up past sins bring against us reeling accusations say do it, you say you're saved but if you were saved you wouldn't have done that and he likes to rake up the past bring it all to our memory once again ah but the, the helmet of salvation will turn away those fiery darts of railing accusations Colossians Colossians chapter 1 <clears throat> there in Colossians 1 we read in verse 20 Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 and having made peace through the blood of his cross By him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say. Whether they be things in earth. Or things in heaven. And you. That were sometime alienated. And enemies in your mind. By wicked works. Yet now. Hath he reconciled. Verse 22. In the body of his flesh. Through death. To present you holy. And unblameable. And unreprovable. In his sight. Now what do you think of that? Here's Satan. as have the fairy darts. And that fairy dart. Of reeling accusation bringing up past sins what did Paul say in the body of his flesh through, through death is able to present you holy and unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight that's what the Lord is able to do we know what Satan's able to do But here we have something to give us peace of mind. Yes. As I said before, there's no such thing as sinless perfection. We all sin. We all sin. But the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We confess our sin. There's cleansing for us he cleanses us from all sin. And Satan wants us to think about the sins of the past. But listen. He may remember them. You and I may remember them. But sin that's under the blood, God doesn't remember them. God has forgotten Isaiah chapter 38 Isaiah 38 verse 17 verse 17 Isaiah 38 behold for peace I had great bitterness that thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption mark the words for thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back they're all behind God's back Thou hast cast not some of my sins, all my sins behind thy back. We all know, of course, Satan's a liar. The truth is not in him, he's the father of lies. Why should we believe a liar? when we have the truth and the truth of God declares he has cast all our sins behind his back that's when he's out to do Satan, to disturb us to disturb us with a drilling accusation to disturb us with worry to disturb us with anxiety about things. But Christ. and salvation. As Paul said. We are to have our feet shod. With the gospel. What? Of peace. The gospel gives us peace. Satan not only seeks to defile the mind disturb the mind but put doubts in the mind more fairy darts than he uses to put doubts in our mind doubts of salvation over the years don't there many times I've met with folk Christians doubted their salvation remember a woman came to me after a meeting and a mission and she said she believed she had committed the unpardonable sin I said the very fact that you're asking me that or telling me that is evidence you haven't committed the unpardonable sin because if you had committed the unpardonable sin you wouldn't have a thought about it you wouldn't be coming to speak to the preacher of course you hadn't it was just a lack of assurance the devil had put doubts in our mind doubting salvation when they are conscious of committing a particular sin well that is in a sense a good sign because when someone is aware of sinning against God when they're aware of it conscious of it and as a sure sign they're genuinely saved. if they weren't saved and had no desire to live a holy life for God well, they said it wouldn't cost them at all But when someone sins and they are aware of it and it troubles them that's a good sign that they are troubled and when the believer sins His power in the blood to cleanse from all sin when we're conscious that we've sinned against God there's only one place to go to that's to the cross 1 John chapter 2 verse 1 My little children these things write I unto you that ye sin not of course, that's our—that's the goal of every one of us. These things, these things, write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. But we know we have sinned and grieved the Lord. What do we do? The go to prayer. Now it's the Lord that cleanses from all unrighteousness. Washes afresh in the precious blood. Let's have all the helmet of salvation. Finally, They've considered the Savior's gift Satan's goal is the mind that leads us to a sure guard helmet of salvation is a sure guard when the soldier puts on the helmet of God give him confidence confidence knowing that Satan's fairy darts cannot pierce any part of their armor that, of course, includes the helmet of salvation. And in spite of what Satan does, and in spite of those fairy darts, we're confident. We have assurance. Number one, we will never perish. doesn't matter what Satan does. We will never perish. Think of that. Never perish. Our salvation is not that saved and lost salvation. Not at all. Saved for time and for eternity. And I'll tell you something, I have that a very good authority. You cannot go to a higher authority than God. And what did God say? I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. They point the night before and that verse there was just quoted in John 10, verse 28. I give unto them eternal life, I give unto my sheep eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man. The word man is in italics. So it's not in the original. So you can say, Neither shall any man, any devil, any demon, any power of hell pluck us out of the Father's hand, out of the hand of Christ. He shall never perish. Never. And who can forget perhaps the best known verse in all the scripture? John 3 16, for God so loved the world, that he gave us only the Son, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life we have this great salvation not one of Satan's darts will prove to be fatal to the Christian yes there are those who fall as we all do as Peter did, he was one of the Lord's disciples. Peter failed, but he denied the Lord three times with those who curses. Now ah, but listen to this, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. The Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Psalm 37 verse 24. You see, we're in the hand of omnipotence. We're in the hand of omnipotence. You've heard the story, I'm sure. Someone who didn't believe. In eternal security. And when those words were quoted to him by being in the hand of God, this skeptic says, Oh, well sure you could slip through his fingers. The believer responded by saying, What are you talking about? Sure we are. One of his fingers. We're part of his body are well, not the lost. We're part of the body of Christ. We're held in the hand of omnipotence. We shall never perish. We shall prevail. Praise the Lord. We shall prevail. Not only sure of that, but the Apostle Paul was sure of it. Be confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We're saved and the work of sanctification will go on. That which is begun in us the day we were saved. Confident of this very thing. He that which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And they present us faultless. What like him? We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's helmet the of salvation gives us peace of mind. Let us rest then in that peace that comes from the saving work of Christ. The gospel of peace. The blood of peace. The God of peace. And the Lord bless His words to our hearts. as far He has O our oh, dear Lord, bless thee for the truth of the gospel. Thank you Lord for that wonderful truth We shall never perish Neither shall any man, devil or demon Dear Lord, pluck us out of thy hand The hand of omnipotence O Lord May we indeed Day by day Take And put on The helmet of salvation to protect us against the fiery darts of the wicked. Lord, now be with us as we leave the house of God. Give each one traveling mercy. <clears throat> Keep thy hand upon us, Lord, and be pleased to return us again this evening to thy house. And may spend time, Lord, again with thyself around thy word. I may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, abide and remain with us now and forevermore. Amen.